Warning, the following podcast contains adult language and childish comedy. Listener discretion is advised. And now, please adjust your headphone volume to an unreasonable level and enjoy the most dynamic and electrifyingly entertaining podcast ever to conquer cyberspace. This is Amish Baby Machine. Friends and welcome to the most powerful podcast ever created, the Amish Baby Machine Podcast, starring me, Dags, and Johnny Rage. The Amish Baby Machine Podcast is a powerful American pop culture podcast. And now, across this powerfully oaken desk, is the man of the hour, Johnny Rage. I'm more than I can last more than an hour. I'm the man of the century. Mm, more than a feeling. I can last long because I just took my five-hour energy drink specifically for this program. I lo- noticed that you have a, in front of you, you have a full throttle. Is that one of those energy? Powerful. Now, the full throttle, my favorite is, it used to be called Blue Demon. <laughs> Why is that? I, I laugh because your favorite. Aren't all those energy drinks just kind of for energy? <laughs> no, they're not all the same. Is that, can you read the con? What is in that? What, what's inside that to give you all that energy dags? Just a quick little B1. There's always the B1, B2. Here, you want to read it? Yeah. Like, why? You, All right. You have those eyes you can't read? I got what? eyes over... Uh... My eyes have seen the glory of the... Um, it's always the same thing. That's why I like... My favorite is that rock star, man. That really gets you jacked up. No, but I'm telling you, flavor-wise, like I've enjoyed the monster rock star. The full throttle has real sugar. I enjoy sugar. It has powerful B vitamins. B3, B6, B12. B near me. B near me. B near me. What's your destination? Ecstasy. Um, Ingredients. Carbonated water, high fructose corn syrup, Mm. citric acid, sugar, natural and artificial flavors, sodium citrate, sodium benzate, Blah, 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 blah. Enough, All right, blah, enough. Blah. enough. The, my point is, yes. the, my favorite energy drink, by the way, welcome fans, welcome flock of Amish, we missed you, we had the last week off due to Johnny Rage was uh, looking for a Christmas tree. Now, this powerful- Why do you got to make fun of me when I'm uh, enjoying a, a family outing, searching for that uh, Searching. Did you see uh, Yukon Cornelius when you're out there? <laughs> Ooh, shucks, peanut butter. Nothing. Nothing. So the Full Throttle is my favorite energy drink. It's powerful. The Blue Demon was my favorite. But why, it, why, Diggs? Tell us. Why it was offensive it? to, I don't know, to demonologists. They changed the name to just Full Throttle, Full Throttle Blue Agave. Wow. Now this That's one here, mouthful. this one is Full Throttle Original Citrus. Okay. But I do enjoy the Blue Agave, a.k.a. Blue Demon. Powerful. Powerful graphics, powerful blue color, powerful energy, powerful. I used to roll with the Rockstar, and what I loved about it in all those energy drinks is when you pop it open for the first time, that smell that you get, because they all smell the same. Yes. What is that? It's, 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 just, it's powerful. It's, it is powerful. It's intoxicating. It's, 
It's much like my natural musk. It's powerful. Yeah. And when I would, the last time I had that, I actually got, I drank two of them because it was like two for three bucks. Yes. And I got real shaky and anxious, more so than normal. So I stopped. I haven't, I haven't had one since that time. Well, maybe you should get back into it. Today's powerful episode, we're going to be talking about movies. We got uh, Creed and also The Incredible Shrinking Man. So we're going from 2018 to 1957. Powerful spanning, Mm -hmm. powerful retro, powerful up-to-the-date movie wonderment. So The Incredible Shrinking Man, I just thought that was a reference to you in the shower. That's not? There's an actual movie about No, I bathe. No, you bathe. Yes, in lakes and streams, oh, typically. Do people take baths anymore? What What is, there's something just naturally gross about sitting in your, yeah, okay, you've got dirt on you. Now you lay in this water. It removes the dirt until for about three minutes, and then when you get up, you just you just get all that dirt right back on top of you, don't you? Let me ask you this. How ask about whatever. you pre-shower, you pre-bathe, then you take a bath? Or is well, it why not just why not just take the shower? No, but I think the point is powerful masculine Johnny Rage. The, the the point is to to bathe, to enjoy. Are you familiar with the sensory deprivation tanks? Yeah, where they lock in they put you in water and then there's no lights and they it's like a coffin, they just close. So you it think in. it's a coffin, you don't think it's a, a portal to different universes, parallel universes matrixes no. look at my hand look at them i'm invoking parallel universes yes you are um i don't think so i think it looks just like a big tank um uh, that would drive me literally insane i could i couldn't go in one of those things um there's some freaky shit that happens rumor has it i haven't done it but i've heard stories about these people you just start hallucinating well who wouldn't hallucinate in pure is there anything worse than pure darkness but maybe that darkness, you have to get that dark to see the light. Do you see what I'm saying? Is that deep or what? That is really See, deep. that's what these energy drinks do to me. Man. Mind expanding. Man, you're brilliant. You just unlock the part, portion of your brain. I, there's a powerful movie in the 80s, the greatest decade. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interrupt here because we were talking. Let's go back to showering. Are you a shower or a bather? It's not even a bath. When you're a kid, you take a bath, right? But when you get older, it becomes you. You want to go in for a, for bathing. I'm have to go bathe. Do you like? You don't take a bath. Negative. No, no man in this world who can call himself a man takes. A well, bath. in the eastern part of the world, they do enjoy the, the bathhouses. Well, I'm surprised you don't have a go like to bathhouses. Like East St. Paul, East St. Paul. Yo, um, this is a beautiful segue, because if you take a bath, that generally means, days that you're probably, you know maybe dirty or spilled something on you how about this for a news article you spilled something on you hold on i spilled some ketchup i have to bathe now i have to take a shower well there's people that do that people that uh, like to clean themselves all the time constantly what do you call that they're they're called cats okay um intelligent people like myself are more likely to have stains on their clothes everybody's got that buddy who he comes into the group and he has maybe a little bit of mustard on him or there's a little onion that's hanging on the top 
of his uh, pullover that, that that's been there probably since lunch. Um, do you know? Does anybody come to mind, Dags, when I kind of talk about this? You, me. Well, listen up, dude. Um, do you think you need to think twice about whether you can wear that white blouse, even though the two of you want to cook noodles with tomato sauce this evening? That would be you and your wife, you and your boyfriend, whatever. Or do you keep away from Coke and stick to water because that's safer, meaning you won't spill on that white shirt? Well, why do stains on your clothes say that you are an intelligent person? Ask me that. Why? Why do stains, why is a stained garment? We have the answer, as Jenny Carson would say. Say, Ed. Um, we have the answer to that question. Why you just can't seem to eat without getting something all over yourself. This happens to me from time to time. Uh, my wife will say, would you please wipe your left corner of your mouth? There's spaghetti sauce all over it. Oh, I was just looking at the one, all, all the stuff all over my shirt. Um, sometimes we end up feeling like a little child. We've stashed up an extra top at work. And when we're going out, we're taking something to change into just in case we spill all over yourself. Well, listen up, dude. You just never know when you're going to spill. It's always been like this and will probably stay like this. We just can't manage to stay clean. Okay. Um, I'm looking for the quick answer here. One scientific explanation for this. Even if many people think you're klutzy and you're weak, it has been proven by now that people who get a lot of stains are intelligent. So there's an explanation. Well, then why don't you tell us what the explanation is? That's what you get with all this clickbait. Clickbait. If, for example, you want to raise a glass to your lips, your brain estimates in advance how heavy the glass is actually going to be, how much fluid is still inside, and how your hand has to hold that glass. People have problems with this. Free uh, feed forward are often very intelligent and mentally dealing with more important things than the glass that's going to spill in a moment. Does that sum it up for you, Dags? Do you understand what I'm saying? Well, here's the thing with these so-called smart people. I'm one of them. Yes, they. Well, smarty pants. You're they, just a smarty pants, Dags. Do you wear them? Do you call them slacks or trousers? I call them jeans, and uh, that's what men say as jeans okay so you don't wear slacks i don't i slack off a lot of times yes yeah but my point is they think too much like just put it in the bag you know when you go to the store and they're arranging things you just do it i don't it, smart people the problem with them is they're always thinking like ask me a question and i'll pretend i'm a smart person are you well that depends see right there Instead of just saying yes, no, you get into it. Well, you just you just say it. Powerful. Well, did you answer the question I posed to you? Well, I... well, well. So, well, wasn't that Ronald Reagan? Well, well, well. The staining. The do you eat food in the chair in the Lazy Boy? Oh, constantly. Yes. Now, do you, do you set up shop as the remote on your giant belly, or where do you have that? No, 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 no. I've got areas for that. The remote is off onto the, the arm chair. Of okay. The, yeah. You have to have that away from you, because if there's going to be any spilling, there's one area. I'd rather have it on my clothes than on the remote, because it gets sticky then, and then you're kind of stuck with a sticky remote for the rest of your life. Can I tell you something? Uh, no, first, you really can't. First, first world problem yeah. you just made me think of. What? Powerful interruption. Yes. I'm so sorry I did that. I'll let it buy this one. Yes. Time. Yeah. Cheez-a-doo. I was enjoying Cheetos. Okay. And my fingers were encrusted with so much Cheez-a-doo. Oh, I, I couldn't use my phone, my thumbprint scanner yep. on my phone. Yep. I know. 
Can you imagine that? Yeah, and they try to lick it off, and it, it just kind of like coats you. You can't get it. You almost have to go get a, a power washer to get that off your fingers. I love that orange, though. It's a powerful phosphorescent. <laughs> Was that developed by NASA in the it, 60s? It could have been. We could have used it as a layer on the, the, the space shuttle Atlantis to prevent it from, from the... Um, the thing that wiped it out, one of the panels broke on it. Yes. Why didn't they use Cheeto coating? Yes, for it? <laughs> powerful. She's a do from Cheetos. Now let me ask you this. Do ask you like me. do you like the baked or the fried Cheetos? You know, I have my moment in time for both. There are moments in time where I really like the baked, and then there's moments where I want to go with a little harder, more crispiness to it. And I want the crispy, more of a fried version of it. Yes. Have you ever had so much sugar cereal that the roof of your mouth is Oh, God, yes. That's a sign of what I used to do. I love Cap'n Crunch. And it's not Captain. It's Cap'n Crunch. I would, as a kid, all right, last week, um, I take the big family spaghetti pasta bowl that's supposed to feed 12. Mm. And then I take the Cap'n Crunch or Quisp. Are you familiar with Quisp? I'm familiar with Quake. What's Quake? Quisp and Quake, the two different... I only know of Quisp. No. A little Martian on the yeah, front of it. There's yeah. Quisp and Quake. Okay. Um, anyway, so I would take the Captain Crunch, dump it into a spaghetti bowl, giant spaghetti bowl, the one that fed 12 people. And what I really like about Captain Crunch is when you get to the bottom of the box, it actually has the ground up little pieces, the remnants of it. And that is the best part, kind of sprinkled on top of the little square pieces that are that have already been on top of those little that little residual on the bottom. So you have this big giant spaghetti bowl. I dump my milk into this thing and just ah uh, and the first couple of minutes it's just like utter heaven. And then it gets to this point where the milk softens it up so you can even take on more. So you don't realize the immediate damage that you're doing to the roof of your mouth and then you've completed it and you're done. Dags is now showing me, um, let me take a peek here. Powerful. But yeah, the, the roof damage, the next day you wake up like, oh, I've never eaten that again, man. Your, your tongue, you're rubbing, rubbing the roof of your mouth with your tongue. Damn. I don't. You don't remember no, Quake, I, no, Quake cereal? I, he looks like a scholastic rock dude. Po- powerful 70s graphics. Everybody here that's listening to the Amish baby, go to... Uh, Pull I'll this, put it. I'll put it up in the show, up on, um, yeah. show notes. He kind of has Amish. Um, kind of has my build, doesn't he? A bit, a bit. Yes, a he bit. is powerful. Yeah. Uh, Amishbabymachine.com. Yes. Now the problem with the cereals is I never knew the proper ratio of cereal to milk. Mm-hmm. Would you? Would you have leftover milk, or did you have it perfectly partitioned out? You have to be careful on that because when you're working with Captain Crunch, if you have too much milk, I don't like a softened captain crunch kernel i'm calling them kernels you like your kernel hard i like it semi-hard okay and you can quote me on that semi-hard um whereas do you ever notice uh shredded wheat you'll pull in like a gallon of milk and then when you're done like the milk is all they just suck it up like sponges like that's what that shredded god we had some nasty cereals in the 70s oh i love shredded shredded wheat to this day i I love shredded wheat you like the frosted side please Oh, so frosted. Frosted shit. You didn't like the giant, they had the giant briquette that was oh, like yeah, the size no. of a scouring pan. No, what you could, you know what, for, that is something, if your house was flooding, you could throw three of them in the basement, it would suck everything up immediately. That's what those were good for. Now, Johnny Rage, we have powerful movies we want to talk about today. Yes, we do. I saw Creed 2. We also, both of us enjoyed uh, viewing 
The Incredible Shrinking Man, which, like um, I said, was not you in the shower. So, Johnny Rage, I'm going to let you choose the Flock of Amish are excited. Do you want to talk about The Incredible Shrinking Man or Creed first? Um, Either or. Uh, I you have to make a decision. I have to make a decision. Okay, there's something I wanted to say. Oh, we don't get to talk about my technical uh, stuff that I did over this last couple of days. Let's, kind of the tech sap. Because Christmas is coming, and people should be aware of some of these things. Yes, but we want. Let's get into some movies. Let's talk movies. Okay. We are a pop culture podcast. All right, let's talk about. Uh, well, pop culture is technical. You have to. You have to be able to 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 witness pop culture on your internet, so you have to be able to access. That. Yes, so it is kind of. We un- will get back to it. Okay. Incredible shrinking. Incredible man. shrinking man. Okay. We'll start with that one. Nineteen fifty-seven version. Yes. Yes. According to my powerful notes, The Incredible Shrinking Man is a nineteen fifty-seven American black and white science fiction horror movie. From Universal International. Powerful. Yeah. Was, Starring Grant Williams and Randy Stewart. Yeah, it was, um, I thought it was good. It's uh, an old sci-fi uh, movie, which is right up my realm. Um, I, you know, we always talk about CGI. I always look uh, to the special effects. And when you go back to the 1950s, they didn't have a lot to work with. I thought for this particular movie, what really struck me was how well done the special effects were. I, mean, I, I didn't think it looked cheesy at all. Should I set up the plot a little bit? You, if you have, go ahead, yeah. Okay, businessman Robert Scott Carey, a.k.a. Scott, he's on vacation with his wife Louise on his brother's boat, and they're off the coast of California. And <laughs> so they're hanging out, they're uh, enjoying the fun and sun, and Johnny Rage got a kick out of it when he's like, hey, go get me a beer. Yeah, the two of them are lying, just kind of bathing in the sun on the front of the boat. What is that called in, in Navy terms? The stern? I always get that confused. It's the Howard, it's called. So they're, they're hanging out on the boat in their powerful 50s swimsuits that Johnny Rage loves so much. Awesome speedboat, too. Yes, it was a powerful Chris Craft or one of those good-looking... Boats back then. Crisscross. Remember Crisscross? No. That band? No. Okay. So powerful, of course, I remember everything, Johnny Rich. So he says, go get me a beer. So then then he off in the distance, you see this strange cloud. Mm-hmm. And it, it keeps coming back. I mean, it keeps coming at him. This he, He's looking. He's just hanging out, and he sees this. Like, at first, he's like, what is that, a cloud? And then it keeps coming and coming, and he goes through it. And then it leaves like this glitter all over him. He, they actually pass through it. Mm-hmm. Didn't you find it odd? I know this is for movie purposes. But once you kind of grab the steering wheel and say, I don't know what's in that or behind it or how long. I'm going to go around that thing. Do you think Was he bedazzled? Is that what it was? Was he just, yeah, in just. Well, they had to set the movie up somehow. So I, did you like the way that brought this radioactive cloud and, and made him shrink? I, that's probably the, if I were going to have a downside to this movie. I didn't like that reason for him being an incredible shrinking man. Because then they said something about he had an overdose of pesticide. Also, he was standing too close to a guy that was spraying a tree or something. And with the absorption of that and the radioactivity of this cloud that he just blasted through on his boat, it caused this genetic reversal to actually instead of grow, reduce in size. Did you like how they set that up? Let me ask you that. It was an origin, and people love the origins, and uh, spoiler alert, this man does shrink in this movie. Really? And he's incredible. Yeah. Like comic books, he's incredible, the invincible. I love those terms. 
mm-hmm. incredible, invincible. Powerful, because the they're powerful. Uncanny X-Men. Mm-hmm. Powerful. So the question was, what did I think of his origin of the cloud of... Yeah. I liked it because of the 50s. You think of atomic power. Everyone gets their power from that. Godzilla, a creature that we all love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Radioactivity. Right. Spider-Man, radioactivity. Mm-hmm. Radioactive bug. So would you... You, you you don't have a problem with the radioactivity. You just wish it came about in a different way, or well, I there's this radioactive cloud all of a sudden that's just lurking in the distance. They never said how that got there. First and foremost, it just happens to be a radioactive cloud. Maybe I'm overthinking this, and the movie really isn't about that. It's more about the survival of this little incredible shrinking man. But I would say if there's any drawback to it, it's how he becomes the Incredible Shrinking Man. But I, other than that, with that being said, I did like the movie. I kind of liked it because it was, it re- reminded me of the Bermuda Triangle. Oh, absolutely. Like yeah. just this mysterious, what is that out there? I thought I, it was solved, I, the Bermuda Triangle. I liked that. You did? I liked the cloud because you didn't know what it was. It was mysterious. It reminded me of the Bermuda Triangle. Mm-hmm. It was very, if they explain stuff too much to me, then... It loses a little bit, so I I like that. Okay, well, to each his own. But then he goes through that, and then um, yep, as, as, six six months later, six months later, yeah, he, he notices his clothes are not fitting properly. Yep, he notices, and all of a sudden he asks his wife to if there's a scale in the house, and she has to go get one for him. Um, he's very suspicious uh, over time. Uh, certain things are happening. His waistband is a little looser than normal. His shirt is hanging down. Um, and he's bringing up questions to his wife. His wife assures him, oh, honey, you're just fine, because she can't. At first, it's a very small, small uh, uh, m- movement in his shrinking. It's subtle. Very subtle. Thank yep. you. I was looking for a real powerful word that yes. nails it. Um, until eventually, of course, even the wife is, is saying, wait a minute, yeah, there, there's something happening here. And so they go to the doctor. Office. Three day later, go to the doctor. And he goes through a battery of tests. And uh they were able to diagnose his uh ailment. And they decided uh over this battery, long battery of tests, that it was uh the radioactivity of the cloud and the fact that he uh was exposed to some pesticides. Yeah, and it's cool. It is like like a superhero because what it is, it's the combined exposure of the insecticide sets off a chain reaction that's mutating his cells in the radioactivity. But usually a superhero, you end up with some super powers. He didn't. He's Ant-Man. He's shrinking. But he, he, he can't control it, but yeah. he's shrinking. Right, but, but even Ant-Man has strength. This guy didn't. He could barely lift it. Ant-Man, unless they changed it, you know how they have to change everything. Right. The original Ant-Man did not have super powers. He was as strong as a man. The point was he was so small. He could shrink down, and you know the scale of his strength would yeah. seem powerful. Well, this gentleman is a shrinking man, as we said, therefore the title of it, but he doesn't stop shrinking. So we see the different various stages of it, and that's what I look at is, okay, along the way they show references to how small he is, so they put him in a chair, what would be a normal-sized chair for a human, and he looks like a little boy in that chair, and I'm like, okay, with that scale... How big is the t- table next to him? Does it match? How about in the distance? Does the lamp match? And to me, they did a really good job with that. All of it, and this is back in the 50s too. 
I thought it all matched pretty good in terms of the the special effects. They did. Sometimes the scale was off, but I don't. Some of that, I you know, the old suspend your disbelief. If it's a good story and and good action, you don't want to pick too much, nitpick too much on the special effects. So he started shrinking down, and then they they gave him an antidote, and it it stopped his shrinking when he was about like three feet tall. Mm-hmm. He got down to like fifty pounds. But then they gave him a new treatment, and then he he met. Remember, he left the house. He went to a coffee shop, and he met his lady friend. Mm-hmm. She worked in the circus. Mm-hmm. She's a little person. What a what a psychus! It's a psychus around here. Yeah, yeah. She was a uh, trying to comfort him and his. Uh, now let me ask you this: Ask me whatever you want. Did he? Do you feel that he liked her, the circus performer? romantically or he just felt that he's a new type of human and that she since she is small he can relate to her yeah, i think it was more along the lines where you know she was kind of comforting uh said the right things to him as he's going through his difficult time and so therefore and let's face it she was a she was a good looking dame you know she wasn't bad looking um and uh, she was just trying to trying to be very gentle and kind and explain to him hey i mean it's not all that bad there's worse in life. And then he bought into it. He was all excited. But then the antidote apparently was not effective and he started shrinking again. Right. With, with his young, with his uh, little friend. And then he ran off into the distance all pissed. So, so then, this is the part you loved, he, he shrank so much that he lived in a dollhouse. Mm-hmm. Now tell, tell the flock of Amish fans about that whole dollhouse setup and what you thought was so funny. Was it the part when um, she's his wife, who's obviously normal size, and and uh, she has to go out to get some groceries or something, and um, he's pissed, as you might imagine. I mean, you're living life large, you know, and you're you have a beautiful wife, beautiful home, you have boats and yachts and parties and a good job, and all of a sudden you've got nothing. So he's pissed, and she comes down, and she's kind of dolled up, and he's living in a dollhouse to protect himself. Literally, yeah, literally. A dollhouse. And he comes out on the balcony of this dollhouse and says, where are you going? He's talking to his wife. And she's like, I'm just going to the market. Well, hurry back. And he was, he was being real. Um, tyrannical. Uh, ty- tyrannical. Thank you for that word, Diggs. Um, trying to control her um, when he's like, you know, six inches in height and she's of normal size. And he had like a lack of trust or something. Like she was going to go out and cheat on him. Or, or well, something. sure. You know, as you as you might. I mean, you could put yourself in his shoes. I would I would imagine they wouldn't fit. They'd be too small. Yes. So he actually contemplates suicide. Mm-hmm. So then she. The problem is when she's leaving, the door opens the door, and that freaking cat mm-hmm. comes in. Butch the cat. Mm-hmm. Now Butch the cat comes in <laughs> and sees what's going on and attacks the dollhouse. What did you think of that? That was pretty cool, wasn't it? Uh, of all the of all the uh, special effects, I thought that was the worst of it. You could tell it was a movie screen that they just planted in front of, but it still was cool. I, I, th- I mean, the cats uh, playing cat and mouse, literally tr- trying to uh, gain entry to this dollhouse to to get this little six inch man, um, and you could feel the the anxiety of him. And I mean, here you have the frustration of simple things that we never even think about, like a house cat gets into your house. It could mean the end of you. Death. Now, now, let me ask you this, though. That was their, their cat, Butch the cat. Oh, okay. I thought it was like a, a neighbor's cat or something. I didn't catch that. No, that was actually their cat, Butch. Okay. Now, do you think 
in real life the cat would attack or would know who it was? Or do you think a dog would attack you or not? Well, I think dogs, I would say cat, yes, dogs. Do, dogs aren't in attack mode all the time. Um, no, what I'm saying is would it know who you were even though you shrunk down? Well, obviously not if you if you base it by the, the movie. No, that's the cat. I'm asking you about a dog. Well, here's what I'm saying. I'm saying a dog isn't naturally aggressive like that anyway. So the dog wouldn't attack you, but cats are just assholes. They'll go after anything. Mm, Man's best friend. Yeah, they're man's best friend. No matter your size. So back to- Look at your size, and you still have a dog, Dags. Powerful. Powerful. Now, Butch attacks Scott, and he uh, claws him. He gets a piece of him, Mm -hmm. bloody, and then he runs and falls into the cellar. Mm Mm-hmm. And he falls down into a box of rags. Mm-hmm. And the problem is then when his wife returns home, she finds a bloody scrap of clothing. And then she assumes a cat ate him. Mm-hmm. That reminded me, too. I'll never forget. The cats love mice and they go after them, which is probably the benefit of having one. One day my cat came up from, I'm going to say the basement. I really don't know where, but that just sounds like she was in the basement. And I thought it was like a wrapper in the cat's mouth. And so I'm like, oh, what the heck does he have? She, whatever that dang thing is. And I grabbed this wrapper out of the cat's mouth. It was actually the tail of a mouse. <laughs> and the mouse was still living. And so I'm like, oh, my God. I dropped it immediately. And then the cat kind of cornered it and was cat, cat, just like they say cat and mouse. I mean, they just like to screw with those mice. The, the mice thinks it's getting away, and then the cat will just claw it and drink, bring it back in. But that's what that reminded me of when uh, – uh, that movie. Thank you for that powerful yeah, story. I, I got sidetracked. So the so the Scott's downstairs in the cellar. What did you think of the adventure? the The beauty of this show is it's cool. It's sci fi, but then it morphs and it changes into a survival movie. And we've talked on this powerful episode that we enjoy survival movies. Yeah, what did you, What did you think of the whole survival aspect of it? Oh, it was the best part of the movie. I love how he's fighting the tarantula for the cake. I mean, that's the only bit of food, and. uh how does a piece of cake <laughs> end up in the basement is beyond me. So tell the fans of Flock of Amish what's going down. So he's downstairs. Downstairs in the basement. Set it up for us. Well, people think, well, why can't he get back up the steps? you got to understand, you got a, a six-inch individual. It was even six at that. He might even be in three inches by that time because keep in mind, he keeps getting smaller and smaller and smaller. So your typical climbing up the steps just isn't going to happen. And he week. and he's talking the whole time too. It's kind of cool. Yep. He's kind of he, narrating what's happening. Yes, and he's thinking that his – Hunger and his lack of food is actually speeding up the metabolic process. Right. Right. And so he has to, as Dag said, it's a survival mode. How's he going to keep himself alive? He needs water. And he finds that from the um, uh, hot water heater. You know, what I thought he was going to do was douse the flame on the hot water tank, and then they wouldn't have hot water, and therefore they'd get back. They would come down and check it out. Cool. Yeah, that's what I was thinking was going to happen. Did you notice how the matches were right next to where the flame for the hot water heater was? I thought, boy, that's uh, not very safe. But he lived in the matchbook container, too. Look at you, Mr. Osha. I know. I know my stuff. Um, I've had problems with water heaters. So, um, But anyway, he finds water from the leaky water heater. But then there's a uh, he needs food, substance of some kind. And he finds a chocolate cake on the uh, top layer of a shelf. Is, How do we know it's a chocolate cake? It just looked like one, didn't it? 
No, I didn't. What did it look like to you? It looked like a yellow cake. Yellow cake with chocolate. Yellow cake with chocolate frosting. Oh, okay. That's what I. Th- and it's black and white, but I just love cake so much I could just tell. Yes. So he has to, and this giant tarantula spider again. Where's this tarantula spider coming from? And like you said, there was a spider web with the tarantula. Of course, that was all for dramatic effect because tarantulas don't have spider webs. Yes. So, but he's down there. And not only does he have to fight, and this tarantula comes out, but he also has to fight the water heater gets a leak in it too. But first he has to, first and foremost, he has to try to figure out a way to get up. He has to scale all the way up this giant box to get to the top shelf so that he can get some cake to, to, to stay alive. Yeah, he finds a sewing kit with a straight pin and he turns it into a grappling hook. Right. And you know what's cool too is his powerful clothing. He created clothing like Rambo did. Do you remember when Rambo oh, created yeah. his own clothing? Good point. Very similar. I wonder, yeah. I'm going to have to do powerful, I'm going to have to do research. I'm going to have to look at his clothing and John Rambo's clothing, inspired. Yeah, very valid point because Rambo does kind of put on that like gunny sack type thing. It looks like a half dress, half gunny sack. I know what you're talking about, Diggs. But so he fights, uh, Then I mean, you can tell that eventually this tarantula is kind of in the picture and the mix, and it it, it it comes and it goes. But you know there's going to be an ultimate battle royale between the two of them. And what's cool is in the 50s, they have movies with giant spiders and giant bugs. So it's kind of cool how this really wasn't a giant spider, but in a sense it was for the movie because this guy was scaled down. Right. So I, I enjoy that too. There's a lot going on in this movie. Mm-hmm. Classic. That's why it's a classic movie. Now, I'm speeding this up because we've really delved into this. but Powerful analysis. How, how did you like the, um, the ending of this thing? Well, we're not going to talk about the ending because yeah. I, wa- I want the fans of Flock and Amish to enjoy this movie if okay. they haven't. Home- Hopefully, we haven't given too much away. But the whole point of the movie is it is the incredible shrinking man. He shrinks down, and while he's shrinking down, he has to battle you know, typical household things, cats, spiders. I like the movie. In the ending... What did you think without giving it away? I was disappointed. I thought it really took a turn, different turn from where we were going to be. So good movie, uh, but I was was slightly disappointed with the ending ending to it. How about you, Diggs? Give me your thoughts. Well, the funny thing is, uh, in powerful production notes here, the – the plot was something new for Universal Pictures, which had to approve a story that did not have a neatly resolved ending. You know, I, I uh, looked on YouTube on other... That's, that's been done before, Shrinking Man like that, but uh, they named the top five uh, movies which had shrinking humans in it. And the number one movie, I believe, was... Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Do you remember that? Did you ever see that? Of course I did. Okay, did you like... I, I never saw that, but on the YouTube video, they were showing clips of it, and it looked really cool where bumblebees were coming through the... Ants were coming through the lawn, and the kids were shrunk. Like that, there was some pretty good CGI. How did that get past you? It's it's cool, this 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 gap in your life. You're like, you're like frozen. You're like, where you didn't... Did you go to a different dimension? I, I just thought that... I would pretend that I didn't see it just to maybe give you yes. your moment, Dave. Yes. It was supposed to be, you were supposed to see it, but I, I saw it. I'm just kidding. Rick Moranis. <laughs> yeah, Rick Moranis, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who's, who's that? <laughs> but uh, uh, so the, the concept of the whole thing I thought was cool in the 50s. It's been 
They've played off of that for many other movies, but um, you like the acting. You like the powerful male lead in there. Yeah, it was good. I thought it was all around it was a good movie. Just a couple of disappointing parts, but there's never going to be a movie anymore. Now there's a Stephen King movie, Thinner. Yeah, I saw that one. That was cool. Yeah, where he, the Indian curse, because he killed his granddaughter. The Gypsy Curse. Yeah. Yeah, and he shrank. Mm-hmm. So that had a lot of cool similarities. Similarities. Good to point. It too. I forgot about that one. Boy, you just reached for that one, didn't you? Powerful. I can't help it. Yeah. Powerful. Powerful. We both enjoyed this movie. We did. We're giving a buggy wheel. Rating. Now these classic movies, the mm-hmm. rating. I don't know why it seems different. Like you shouldn't rate a movie that's been a classic that's been out forever. Why? I don't know. It seems like a new movie comes out, you should review it. So what are you saying out of five buggy wheels? I'd give it a four. I will also give it a four. I thought another thing, what I really like about those old movies too, whether it's The Incredible Shrinking Man or anything or The Fly, they set this thing up. There's no bones about it. They get right to the point and they bang it out in an hour, 10 minutes. You go to a Marvel movie, you're three hours because they got to set up all the different characters and everything else like that. But you can get through, like, The Incredible Shrinking Man, I think it was an hour 10. To go through what we just discussed, an hour 10 minutes, that's the beauty with it. Boom, you're out of the next one. I don't even think it's Marvel movies or anything. They, a lot of movies, they, they do a lot of extra filler BS. That's why I like Predator, the Predator movie. There's no romance, nothing in there. It started out as a cool military movie, mm-hmm. and then it transitioned into sci-fi horror. Mm-hmm. If you think about Predator, there was no... You know, BS in there. Well, they have to set that up in the beginning and the, the military bravado with each other. No, but what I'm saying is, yeah, it got right into it, though. Yeah. You, there was no there was no at home. You're talking about you don't like it when they have the at home thing. You know, oh, honey, what, how was your day? There's, there's Bert. I, I was going to keep track. There's once. We've used the Bert and Ernie voice. That's not, no, that's not Bert. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, the frog. Um, what the heck's that green frog? Oh my goodness! Green frog. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. R- 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 Rhymes r- with Kermit. Oh, carpet, carpet the frog. Yes, carpet the frog. Now let's just take a couple moments while Johnny Rage rearranges his brain. We have a great new way to listen to this podcast on Spotify app. We're also on Stitcher and Apple iTunes. Make sure you go to the internets and follow us on Instagram, on Twitter at Amish B Machine. Like our Facebook page. We also have great new merch. We have powerful t-shirts, stickers, mugs. Go to the website, AmishBabyMachine.com. Links for all our merch. Also, we do have a Patreon page. Patreon is a great way to support this podcast. Please go there to the website. Links on the website, also Patreon.com. The ultimate unification of pop culture and comedy. The Amish Baby Machine Podcast. So, Johnny Rage, you all ready to go? Because of my ADHD, I can't talk about the back-to-back movie. i got to change our topic here. But this was a really interesting story. There was a Florida man. Well, first of all, you know what a hang glider is, right? I do. Have you ever done it? I have not glided on a hang. Man, I can't imagine doing hang gliding or even parachuting. Even in tandem. Now, you can, you can go uh, um, sign up. Early morning, show up, do a little training course. I'm getting sidetracked here. Could you parachute? Could you jump out of a plane? Yes. Have you jumped out of a plane? No, I haven't. It's one thing that it's weird. I'm surprised I haven't done. But to me, I think the only way to jump out of a plane, I think two different ways for me would, the static line is where they, they, you know, they tie it on there. As soon as you jump, it pops. Yeah, that's what the paratroopers and all the war movies use. And then 
and it has a cool go go and yep yep green light red light but i also would like you know the free fall but the tandem to me seems i wouldn't do it i'd either do the static or learn you know you got to take a little class to learn how to you know do the arch your back and all you that. know the, the one in the military where they, they got it on the cable i always felt what happens if and they had the old prop planes back then what if that parachute opens up too quickly and it gets sucked into the prop plane or something to that oh point? there's a lot of horrible stuff happening you oh, know they go is. off course you know and i heard horrible stories of like people pitchforking them you know when they landed and they got all tangled up oh man i'll tell you some of that stuff oh so back to your hang gliding story. Well, anyway, there's a, yeah, hang gliding, just like, um, uh, if I were to pick two or pick one, I could do, and I couldn't even do this would be hang gliding or else I always have that one in the back of a speedboat down in Mexico. You know, you can parasail. Um, that's another one that's weak. Yeah. But anyway, there's a Florida dude who goes over to Switzerland and he wants to hang glide, hang glide. It's been a lifelong dream for him to do that. So he lines it up as when he's on his vacation and kind of like when you parachute in tandem, you are actually strapped to the person that's more experienced. A Florida man. Anyway, he goes lifelong dream to go hang glide. He meets up with a guy in Switzerland. And just like when you're parachuting, you do it in tandem. That means you're actually attached to the more experienced person. This guy is supposed to be attached to the hang glider. Okay. One problem. They forgot. Can you imagine your one job is to take the rookie and strap him to the more experienced seasoned veteran and you forget to do it? So this poor bastard, you, this is all caught live too. From the moment they start to the moment they end. What do you think happens on this little three-hour tour? It's a two-minute tour. They forget to strap the guy on. The lifelong dream, the guy that wants to be, go hang gliding, they don't strap him to the seasoned vet, so he's got to hang on. Dags, he's got to hang on for dear life for over two minutes. And this is all captured on film. Every on, last bit of it. On video or film? I guess that's my old way of saying video. I'm an old man when I say film. I, I just, I bring it up because it's just, I, I just thought, wow. I mean, how could you screw up two things? This, this poor bastard's got to hang on for dear life for two minutes. Secondly, your one job, your one job is to buckle this guy in. You and, had one job. And you screw the whole thing up. But that's kind of our tidbit of today or just kind of a news story. For yeah, me. that reminds me of the, you see it on the roller coaster where the person will fall, fall under the, you know, the thing that holds you in, slide down. Mm-hmm. It happens a ton of times. You know, I've seen it bungee jumping where they're not secured properly. Mm-hmm. Para, parasailing. Yes. I love that when people say it's happened a ton of times. Really, like once in a million tries. But no, I've seen. I've, I've seen a lot of videos. <laughs> oh, you see a lot, don't you? How many fingers am I holding up? One middle one. All right. Um. So should we go back to Creed? I saw Creed two. Yo, Adrian. No Adrian in this one at all. Are you sick of the Rocky flicks, or could you? Are they? Do you like how they bang them out every couple of years so we can kind of keep track of what Stallone's up to? I think well, Creed is almost in a different direction. So do you do you do you consider it a Rocky movie or not? Well, anytime Rocky's in a movie, you'd have to say it's a Rocky movie, you know. Uh, Sylvester Stallone, Rocky, however, whatever you want to call him. Um, yeah, that's a that's what brought people to the box office. That movie doesn't go on its own. There's no doubt. Sylvester Stallone drew them there, and then it took on its own from that point forward. I wouldn't have gone to it if if, if Sylvester Stallone wasn't in it. So. 
So tell us, what did you think? Oh, I was waiting for kind of a question and answer session. Um, well, have you seen a trailer at all? Have you seen any? Of course, yes. Okay. Um, Sylvester Stallone, he's back at it again. Um, Creed, of course, is the son. Creed two, he's the son of Apollo Creed. And uh, he's a boxer, of course, wants to follow in his father's footsteps. And he's got uh, he's kicking the shit out of just about everybody. But, of course, Ivan Drago, uh, the old arch enemy of Rocky, has a son who he's been quietly training for many, many years over in Mudda, Mudda Russia. And um, they have their eyes set on Sylvester Stallone's protege um, to uh, battle this guy in an epic bout, uh, kind of very similar. Victor, kind of very similar to what happened to Apollo Creed. He he uh, had his eyes set on Ivan Drago, and they brought they dragged Ivan Drago over here to the United States of America. Apollo Creed came out to what movie? What song was it? I feel good. <laughs> Wasn't it that song? Yes. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, living in America. Living in America. But anyway, um, if you if you saw Rocky Four, Creed Two is a carbon copy. Carbon copy. So how so? Well, I just explained to you how Ivan Drago, Apollo Creed, wants to fight him. Victor Drago. Well, Ivan Drago and Apollo. Yes. Okay. And the new guy is Victor. The new guy is Victor, right? But I'm talking about, I'm not talking about the new guy yet. Um, so the premise is basically Apollo fights Drago, okay? And he loses... Throw the towel, man! Remember that epic scene? When, Throw uh, the damn towel! Throw the damn towel! Uh, he, um, uh, Apollo is going to fight, uh, or does fight, and ends up getting killed. And then uh, Rocky feels like he has to um, stand up for Apollo or fight for Apollo. Avenge. Kind of a revenge factor. So Avenge? He has to go in and fight Ivan Drago, but he doesn't have it so easy. He has to go to Mother Russia to do it. Okay. And, of course, he goes over there, um, the shadow of Apollo's death weighing heavily on him. His wife didn't want him to do it. And, of course, Rocky, you know, he, um, he does uh, the challenge. It starts off. All They're like, warriors. They can't help it. They're warriors. They always say the, 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 uh, there's, every boxer has that one. I don't know what they say. I'm not a boxer. Actually, I am a boxer. I used to box apples over at Cub. Dun, dun, dun. Um. I don't know how much more I should go because it's brand. It's a new release. I don't do I keep going or what? Well, uh, you haven't even talked about the movie. You've just been talking about Rocky Four. Rocky Four. Well, I'm telling you how it's. I said it. It's very. It's the same thing. It's a carbon copy. That's what I said. For the most part, you've got Apollo fighting Drago. His son fights Drago twice. The second time, it's not Rocky. It's Apollo Creed's son. Okay. So, with that being said, I think you can string it all together and understand what the concept of it is. But I don't want to say too much. Because I want our following, the flock, to go see it for themselves and weigh in on it and tell me what their thoughts are on the movie. I would give it a, um, do you have any questions? I'm open for questions. So and the premise is he goes to, does he go to Moscow and fight? He does. He has to go the second time, just like uh, Rocky had to. Same exact thing, carbon copy of uh, Rocky IV. Um, he has to go battle um, Victor, Victor Drago over in Russia, and um, I think even at the end they're cheering for the American. Remember they were yelling USA and Ro like they're going to be getting away with that in Rocky Four, you know, um, under the eyes of Gorbachev. USA, USA, Rocky. No, not going to happen. Now, did they have cool montages with cool music? 
Um, not my style of music, but they did have some. They had montages. Did they have the old school training with the modern training? Did they do anything like that? No. Like in Rocky Four, mm-hmm. they had you know Ivan Drago had the latest technology, yep. shooting them full of steroids. Yep. But then Stallone had to like lift up wagons and yep. train in a barn, and yep, and had boulders that, and put all four of them on. You know, exactly. No, there was none of that. It wasn't to the T. They didn't copy it to the T. Um, they both did their training regiments. Um. They were showing how much of a wrecking machine Victor was, and and uh, um, they work in the speed bag, the body bag, going back and forth, running. You always got to do the running scene when you're a boxer. Um, but nothing really cool about the different workout styles of the two like they did. Yeah, that was pretty cool in Rocky Four, where it was all state-of-the-art, thriving, and they had that, remember, there was a machine that the numbers kept going up, and... And uh, his, his wife explained to the people what that exactly was, pounds per square inch or something. He is like your Popeye. He eats his spinach. Whatever he hits, he destroys. <laughs> exactly. And um, so pretty much Creed II, uh they go to Rocky Four to make Creed Two, And Rocky's in there. Rocky doesn't get a, he's not a bit player in this. But it, it, the focus is not on him, of course. But um, he is intermingled nicely. He is the trainer um, of uh, Apollo Creed's son. And um, they, they do a good job with, the, with the, the, the Rocky franchise of just every couple of years letting us see how our buddies are doing. And that's all what I'm going to say. Now, Rocky in this movie, is he the dumb Rocky, the cocky Rocky, the sexy Rocky? Which Rocky is he well, in, in the spectrum of Rockies? Yeah, ever since Rocky Four, when he fought Ivan Drago, Ivan Drago did some brain damage to him. He resorted back to the Rocky One. Remember Rocky One when he was really the bonehead and he, would, he was working the streets? Yes. And um, he couldn't do basic math and stuff like that. And he's, he's trying to collect money from it for his boss, you know, that... that uh, Take her to the zoo. Yeah, exactly. Um, he gets into a fight, kind of. He tries to reach the guy through the window, the chauffeur for the gangsta. Um, but ever since Rocky Four, when he got his brain rattled, um, Rocky has gone back to that Rocky One. But Rocky Two and Three, like Mickey says, you got civilized. Somewhere along the lines, you got civilized. But he did. He wears nice suits and stuff like that. His face, he's all pretty. But then from Rocky Four on and Five, he goes... Uh, uh, Rocky so, five. so in this, does he wear the hat? Yeah, the old he's got the hat. hat. He rolls the hat. Yeah. Does he have the finger? I don't know much at all. No, 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 not a lot of use ask me stuff, and I never use my brain much. But you know, uh, you gotta, you gotta be from here. You gotta be from here. He's put into his heart. Does know? he have the fingerless gloves in the whole bit? Yeah, he does. As a matter of fact, <laughs> he rolls out the tennis ball too. You know, now, he bounces it, throws it up in the air. As know? we're talking about powerful Italian actors, mm-hmm. what? Well, what's uh, I forgot what you're gonna out of uh, five buggy wheels. What are you giving Creed two? Um, I'm gonna give it a three. I, I love the the franchise. I love keeping tabs on what Sylvester Stallone is up to. I love to see, but it's really nothing new that we haven't seen already. I guess did very well at the box office. Um, so that always usually means there's gonna be another one. I don't know what more we can do, but count on it. It's coming. As I as I to me that. It, the money that it's all that's all bullshit to me. What do you mean? I you know like oh it's gonna make money. It's uh, it's there's gonna be a sequel. It's just like Disney is remaking The Lion King, mm-hmm. shot for shot. They're using CGI instead of you know hand drawn animation. 
And that's just a cash grab to me. And of course, everyone's going to see it because it's a beloved movie. Mm-hmm. But come up with some new ideas. Well, they're so starved for new ideas that if they have anything that makes a buck, they're going to just they yeah. just run with it. Yeah, and I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like the overseas money. I want a good film. I, I would c- could care less if it made any money. I just want a good film to watch. But I think the Star Wars franchise found that out, that not everything can possibly work. You got to... You got to craft this and have an original story and 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 work with it. They they tried to do the Marvel thing and bang them out really quickly, and it really backfired for them. No, talking about a um, powerful Italian acting, The Irishman is a movie I'm looking forward to. Robert De Niro movie uh, star. The Netflix will release his latest collaboration with Martin Scorsese the way it should be in a movie theater. The Irishman is set for a big screen when it's released by Netflix this year. Uh, De Niro says. Now that's going to be cool. That's going to have Al Pacino, Joe Pesci, and De Niro. That that's what I'm looking forward to. That's going to be that's epic. an ensemble, as we like to say in the powerful. Business. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of like wouldn't you say that's like the current day Rat Pack, the the guys that you just oh, it's at? just great. I'm I'm yeah. really looking well, forward. What's to What's the premise of it exactly? Does it does it say obviously it's a gangster theme thing? Yes, it always is. Yeah, I mean, what is it like a sequel to? Uh, casino or no <laughs> well that that's the joke i always say that you know goodfellas the sequel to that was casino basically it, is, it was for the most part but does it give kind of a, a sense of what we're because yeah i mean the cast on that definitely that's the a-list the bottom line is no matter like like al pacino has turned into a character himself you know he's al pacino mm-hmm. but i don't care there's i just you have to see it it's like a you have to see it. Kind of like you have to see a Rocky movie too. Yes, I just feel like. But it. this, this I feel, I feel is you know the Netflix usually it's high quality. I mean, what can you say, Martin Scorsese film? Oh, this is going to be a Netflix original. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, wow. the, yeah. Netflix is going to release its the, his collaboration with Martin Scorsese De Niro in the movie theater though. That's oh, they're going to do it in the movie. It's a Netflix production. In a movie theater. That's reversal from what they normally like to that's, do. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah, it is. When's this coming out? I don't have a date yet. Okay. You've never had a date. That's why you're still in the uh, basement. Oh, too soon. That's why you live in the basement of your mom too and dad. Too soon. Yeah. Too bad. Too soon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is going to be huge. Yeah. Well, well no release date. Uh, do we know what it's about, kind of? De Niro plays a labor union representative leader and he's also an alleged hitman okay and it all what's cool is uh it's got ray leo in there too oh wow i mean it's just like isn't that excellent do they do they um what era does it take place in can you kind of tell by pictures and stuff is a is a 20s roaring 20s thing is it a jimmy hoffa era i believe no i i I knew nothing of it i look forward to that even though i'm not a fan of you know uh, De Niro and his political viewpoints at this point. Yeah, the the problem is though, like I mean, every actor, every mu- musician, you you gotta separate it somehow, or it's gonna drive me nuts. Yeah, I, I hear you. Retro news: Ken Berry, star of F Troop and Mama's Family, dies at eighty five. Oh, that's sad. He was on Carol Burnett a lot too, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. Mayberry when- RFG, rural farm district. Powerful. How old was he? Sh- 85. Oh, 85. Man. Yep. Ken Berry, the rubber-legged actor who delighted TV viewers as a blundering Captain Wilton parameter on F Troop and accident-prone <laughs> Vinton Harper on Mama's Family has died. 85 years old. Mm. Yeah, the great ones are gone. Well, my friends, it is the end of this powerful episode. 
please help us out. Please go to AmishBabyMachine.com. Check out the links for all our merch and our Patreon page. And also please leave a review at Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. And until next time, my friends, you've just enjoyed the Amish Baby Machine podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Amish Baby Machine podcast. The Amish Baby Machine podcast is available on iTunes and on the Stitcher radio app available for iPhone, iPad, Android, and Kindle Fire. Please follow us on Twitter at Amish B Machine and visit our webpage www.amishbabymachine.com. Thank you for listening. This has been an Amish Baby Machine production, all rights reserved.